Hello, this is Joe Flair. Welcome to the Joe Flair Show, your monthly music podcast. Last month, my lovely supporting guest Kit and I talked about the rags to riches life of one of my favorite artists, Logic. If you haven't checked out that episode yet, make sure to click on it after the show and let me know what you thought about the season 3 kickoff. If you listened to his playlist and liked what you heard, Logic just dropped the College Park album last week, so that's available for you to stream now. Anyway, Logic is a modern rapper who performs a modern style of music, but this month we thought, how about out with the new and in with the old? Nice twist, I'm surprised you got that on the first go. Out with new music, and in with music that's been around a long time. Exactly. This month, we are doing another installment in our More About Music series. It goes out to our listener, Anne, who mentioned that More About Music episodes are her favorites. Today's More About Music featured subject is acapella. So, what is acapella? Let's talk about that a little bit before we spotlight some current acapella groups. And then we can do a quick run through the history of acapella from the roots in the church all the way to modern day pop music. Sounds perfect. Uh, Speaking of sounding perfect, you sound a little under the weather this week, Joel. (coughs) I know you're working on getting over an illness, which has unfortunately settled in your chest. So the listeners will get to hear my voice a little bit more this month. Thanks, Kit. I always love hearing your voice, oh, by thank the way. You. <laughs> I have a feeling, though, I'm going to need to edit out a whole lot of coughing. Now, let's get into acapella and some current groups you might be familiar with. As mentioned at the top of the show, acapella is a very old form of music. Possibly as old as humans themselves. Derived from the Italian word for chapel, acapella is music which features only human voices. That's right, acapella music is free from instruments. This style of music can be performed by an individual or performed by a number of people who join in vocal accompaniment. The second style is known as polyphony, meaning two or more voices. The voices can harmonize, sing individual parts, or even replicate the sounds of instruments. I've been to a few acapella shows with you, Joel, which I'm sure you'll mention later. And one of my favorite parts is watching when a single member of a group replicates percussion instruments. So that can be something more basic, sounding like a simple drum beat, all the way up to some incredibly complicated beatboxing. Either way, it's very cool to see an action. I agree. Both of the modern day bands I'm about to introduce employ that technique. Up first is Pentatonix, a group formed in 2011 by school buddies Kristen Maldonado, Mitch Grassi, and Scott Hoying. They made their debut on the sing-off and eventually won the season 3 competition. This led to a record deal with the label Epic Records. Pentatonix recruited member Kevin Olusola after they discovered Olusola through a YouTube video where he was a cello boxer, someone who 
simultaneously plays cello and beatboxes. Pretty cool. The fifth member of the group is bassist Mad Sally, who replaced the original bassist Avi Kaplan. The name of the group, Pentatonics, is a reference to the pentatonic music scale of five notes, which works really well if you have a group of five people. An X was added onto the end for a little bit of flair, and apparently that flair worked. This group has 20 million YouTube subscribers and 3 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Currently signed to RCA, PTX is known for their Christmas <laughs> albums. Out of their 18 full-length projects, seven appear to be holiday installments. Pentatonix has a poppy musical sound full of percussion and riffing. The next group is also known for their Christmas music, including covers and originals. In fact, this band got their big buzz from a parodied rendition of The 12 Days of Christmas. Randy Stein released this holiday remake on his YouTube channel in 2006. This video is just an upload of Randy and his schoolmates putting their own fun spin on the Christmas classic. It certainly wasn't meant to catch the eye of Craig Coleman, CEO and chairman of Atlantic Records, but that's exactly what the video did. Straightener Chaser, also known as SNC, released their first album, Holiday Spirit, in 2008. In 2019, they started their own imprint, SNC Records. Similar to Pentatonics, they not only release Christmas music, but also cover popular songs of today. The one distinction between SNC and Pentatonics is that Straight No Chaser does a lot more parodies. After all, their breakout hit was a parody of a traditional holiday song. They've created parodies about Disney, Broadway, popular movies, and more. I've never seen Pentatonix in concert, but I can tell you that Straightener Chaser is very good live, and if you have the chance to see them, make sure you get tickets. They are entertaining and love to include humor in the live show, and even fun opening and intermission videos. I hope that if you get to see them live, they sing their rendition of Proud Mary. It really encompasses the choreography and charisma of Straight No Chaser. We may know acapella today from artists such as Pentatonix and Straight No Chaser, but this genre dates back over 1,000 years. Acapella comes from the word chapel and originally referred to music of the church. It is still widely acknowledged as a very religious musical form. From Gregorian chant, sung by monks in the Middle Ages, to choral performances, and specific religions like Catholicism, Lutheranism, and Protestantism, singing without instruments had a role in much worship music. Popular religious songs sung in a cappella include Anus Dei and the Kyrie. Gregorian chant started more than 1,000 years ago. It is a plain chant often sung with one voice. Gregorian chants sing the Latin sacred music of the Roman Catholic Church. Protestants also sang an a cappella, but they used polyphony, which is many people singing, but not in unison. Religious a cappella also included choral groups, 
which are larger, typically more than five people. These choral groups sang together, focusing on harmony. Jesquinte Perez invented a form of a cappella music, a sort of choral that blended many voices into one. His individual compositions seemed rather introspective. Take Miseremidus as a primary example. The English translation of the song is, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your great mercy and according to the multitude of thy mercies, blot out my iniquity. People like Claudio Monteverde were popular in the Renaissance area with their performing madrigals. Madrigals were differentiated from other vocal music of the time as this form of singing was secular or non-religious. Madrigal singing usually featured three to six voices and was sung in a poetic style. African Americans used a cappella in many of their spiritual and worship songs. As discussed in our African American Trailblazer series, vocal music was a huge part of life during slavery and is so often the case in music history. African American songs heavily influenced pop culture. One example in a cappella is the 1939 release in by Solomon Linda's group, The Evening Birds. Not a familiar song to you? I bet you'll recognize it. This song went on to be known as the Weemaway song. Decades later, English lyrics were created for the song. It was recorded by The Tokens and renamed The Lion Sleeps Tonight, a song many listeners will be familiar with. In the first half of the 20th century, a cappella also rose to prominence in barbershop quartets. These groups focused on harmonization. Each group had a baritone, a bass, and two tenors. The lead singer starts off the group with a melody and the others follow. While most groups consisted of four members, hence the quartet, there were also barbershop choruses, which were much larger. They performed in the same style, just multiplying the sound due to the larger number of voices. Barbershop quartets were usually males, although women were sometimes recruited to sing higher vocal ranges. All female barbershop groups were less common and called Sweet Adelines. Although the peak popularity of this style was nearly a hundred years ago, there are still groups dedicated to keeping the music alive. These groups include the Barbershop Harmony Society and Sweet Adelines International. If you've been to any Disney locations in the U.S., you might have seen the Dapper Dans, a currently active quartet. And in my research, I came across a unique group active in the late 90s known as the Sing Senators, made up of, you guessed it, U.S. Senators. As is seen through history, a cappella music follows popular culture. As musical tastes shift, a cappella groups follow those changes. In the 40s and 50s, a cappella became popular in doo-wop music. This R&B style featured an engaging melody over background harmony and what some people referred to as nonsense syllables. For example, doo-wop. A cappella also played a role in the rise of vocal jazz. 
where groups sang with members that imitated the sound of instruments in jazz music. Around the same time, acapella could be heard in TV jingles. So, that's a quick history. But what about acapella of the last 50 years? The 1980s saw multiple acapella hits. The most popular was the catchy Don't Worry, Be Happy from Bobby McFerrin. This song was actually the first acapella release to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. The 1988 iconic tune also won multiple Grammy Awards. Bobby McFerrin is also cited as an influence by one of Europe's most popular acapella groups, Sweden's The Real Group. Paul Simon and Lee Smith Blackman Bazu released the song Homeless in 1986. This popular tune from the equally this popular tune from the equally popular album Graceland found some inspiration in the Mbube song mentioned earlier in this episode. After all, Mbube music is a South African vocal style. Around this time, a slightly more obscure but influential release by Todd Rundgren was his album Acapella. This release was made entirely with voices, mostly Rundgren's. He used electronic manipulation and was considered experimental. In the 1990s, a surprising form of acapella made its comeback. The album Chant by the Benedictine monks of Santo Domingo de Silos hit the Billboard charts. This 1994 release was actually recorded by the monks in the 70s and 80s. It is all Gregorian chant and was marketed for stress relief. Well, that marketing worked and the album peaked at number three on the Billboard 200. If you'd like to try it out for your own stress relief, Joel will link the YouTube version in the show notes. The 90s also included one of my favorite acapella songs, Shy's If I Ever Fall in Love. I am a 90s R&B girl for sure, so make sure that one's on the playlist, Joel. Will do. Acapella moved from album release to visual media in the 2000s. With the release of the movie Pitch Perfect, which centered around a female acapella group and the TV hit series Glee, a comedy drama centered around a glee club. Though many compositions are lost in history and researchers certainly express their disappointment, archaeologists have discovered a piece of acapella written around 2000 BC and it has been said that acapella was first used as a form of communication. Despite how casually we might think about it today, acapella has played an enormous role in music and in the way compositions were made. As we learned in today's episode, acapella ranges from religious chants to uniquely African sound to barbershop quartets and the beatboxy percussion popular this century. If you want to read up on acapella and music's general history, I recommend the book The Story of Music 
From Barrowland to the Beatles, our music has shaped civilization by Howard Goodall. That is a mouthful. <laughs> it's quite an in-depth read, and served as a handy resource for fledging out this month's show. As always, the acapella Spotify playlist will be linked in the show notes and on Joel's profile. It'll feature Pentatonic, Straight No Chaser, as well as many of the older compositions we mentioned on today's show. Don't forget to rate our program if that's an option on your platform. And of course, we'd love it if you subscribe or follow so you never miss a program. Of course. Until next time, I'm Joe Flair. This is the Joe Flair Show. Bye! Wow. Okay, save that. And also, make sure our volume's down in the bye, because that's going to shred someone's ears into headphones. Popular religious songs sung in acapella include Anus Day and the Kiri. Nope. Include Anus Day. <laughs> I can't get it. Okay. Anus Day and the Kyrie. Anus Day and the Kyrie. Your turn. The game. And the TV hit series. Boot. <laughs> okay. Glug glug. <laughs> Sound like a fish. Okay. Glee. Despite how casually we. we, we <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. Despite how casually we. we, we <laughs> This podcast is an Elf Pie production.